my dear friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And I'm thankful that God allows us to share His Word with you today. Wherever you are right now, I pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. This week we're following the theme, Privilege to Share. And the topic that we'll be exploring today is Witnessing in the Court of Kings. To help us answer or explore this theme, we have Pastor Gary with us in the studio. Gary is the pastor of Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, welcome, Gary. Yeah, thank you so much, Ricardo. It's great to be able to uh, to come and share. I, I love being able to share the word, particularly uh, in uh, in Bible study type uh, type format. Uh, it's a really exciting week for us here in in Adelaide, of course, at the present time, because uh, certainly in our churches we've got a a thing called the the week of prayer and progress at the present time. So uh, that actually means that uh, every every night I've actually last night I was with a uh, a family in a in a home. We had another home home open tonight. Tomorrow night, the next Excellent. night, uh, just uh, uh, each each night, just spending time in in prayer and uh, just a, a short time in the study of the word. But uh, I I just uh, find this one of the most rewarding aspects mm. uh, that you can possibly have in uh, in any area of ministry. Praise God. So witnessing in the court of kings, that sounds like a tricky situation to be in. <laughs> it is. It is. And of course, uh, that, uh, that actually comes from the theme, uh, of, uh, uh, of our, for our week of devotion, our week of prayer, uh, mm-hmm. this, this week. And of course, uh, the, the Faith FM is actually run by the, uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church and, uh, churches all around Australia are actually involved mm-hmm. in, uh, in this particular ministry right now. And look, I, I would just encourage people that, you know, if in fact uh, they want to have prayer, why don't you look up the, the Seventh-day Adventist Church in your particular area, mm-hmm. uh, contact the pastor and say, hey, look, I understand the week of prayer is happening at the present time. Could you remember me or remember a particular need that mm-hmm. I have? Uh, because uh, uh, mm-hmm. to me, it's amazing the way uh, the Spirit of God does actually uh, move in the life of individuals when uh, people... People pray unitedly together. That's excellent. And getting together to pray, that's such a uh, wonderful thing to do. And it's not just a blessing for those who are prayed for, but also for those who pray. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look. Last night we, you know, in the home that that I was at, it was it was a tremendous. I I really appreciated the spirit of unity that was actually in that uh, in that home. Just uh, uh you know, just a, a small group of us gathered together. Uh, we mm. shared from the uh, Word of God. We shared from our personal experience mm. as well. You know, I discovered things about uh, my uh, my my fellow my brethren, my sisters. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. That I did not know things mm-hmm. that uh, ha- had impacted their past, uh, and uh, and to me it brought out a huge new respect uh, 
for where mm. they had actually come from and uh, a, a totally different understanding of their journey. And I'm just so mm. pleased with the number of people that were prepared to share and then to mm-hmm. spend a little bit of time in the Word of God uh, and then, of mm-hmm. course, to actually spend time in praying, not yes. just for our own needs, but also for the needs of uh, of churches, of individuals that we were aware of that were were struggling. Uh, I believe that the blessing uh, certainly uh, flowed out beyond our group, uh, but it mm. certainly gave a double blessing to, to those of us uh, who were wow. actually present. It's amazing what prayer can do for it does. It any is. church and individuals as well. So, Gary, how's the preparation for the Faith FM dinner with Robbie and the Drive Time team going? Oh, yeah. Look, uh, the, uh, I'm really pleased that you asked uh, that one, uh, actually, Ricardo, because uh, this is a really big one. Now, of course, this is uh, something that's happening here in Adelaide, not uh, this Saturday evening, but next Saturday evening. So that's about, uh, what, 10 days away at the present mm-hmm. time. And we're getting the applications are just coming in. It's really wonderful. I think we've got, uh, 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 I think we've got about 60 or 70 people attending uh, so far. Uh, mm-hmm. We've still got about, uh, well, a, a number of vacancies uh, there. But this is promising to be an absolutely fantastic mm. uh, Saturday evening. Now, of course, uh, we have uh, that evening, we have uh, Pastor Robbie Bergen is going mm. to be joining us from Melbourne. Now, uh, he, of course, has got the uh, the Faith Experiment is his program yes. on Faith FM, but we've asked him to come over especially for this dinner. His talk won't be a long one. We're talking probably uh, 20 minutes is going to be, he's yes. going to be talking between the uh, the main, uh, main course and uh, some dessert that we're going mm. to be uh, be having but I love what he's going to be preaching on what he's going to be preaching what he's going to be sharing sharing on uh, what, what he's going to be sharing on is uh, the prophecy of digital currencies uh-huh. and cashless societies now look uh, this is so relevant mm. to the day and the age in which we're living uh, living today and uh, look I, I would just simply encourage uh, people you know if you happen to be in Adelaide hey if you happen to be in greater Adelaide uh, if you want to travel to Adelaide that's perfectly mm. fine as well tickets uh, tickets uh, you do need to pre-book for this uh, uh, for this particular program uh, and uh, you can actually do that uh, by going on to the Faith FM website now that's faithfm.com.au faithfm.com.au backslash events and uh, on that website there's actually a uh, a small form for you to uh, to fill in to say hey look uh, uh, I'd like to be able to come mm. to the uh, uh, to the community dinner the free community dinner this is totally free uh, there's a no cost no obligation uh, and uh, you're going to meet uh, uh, certainly Robbie, Robbie Bergen from the Faith Experiment and the entire drive time team will will be there I don't know how but somehow uh, I've ended up uh, actually uh, hosting I'll be the host I'll be the MC for the uh, uh, for the evening and I'm really looking forward to sharing uh, sharing with people uh, getting to say hello to people uh, and meeting uh, people I believe you're yes. going to be there as yes. well I can't wait to to, to meet uh, our listeners face to face uh yeah look this is this is really 
really something. And uh, look, guys, uh, please, uh, if you would like to come, please grab that website right now. It's faithfm.com.au backslash events and just simply register that, yes, I'd like to go to the free community dinner in Adelaide. Now, there's more than one free community dinner that uh, Faith FM is hosting, uh, but you need to choose the Adelaide one on that uh, on that website. And, of course, it's occurring here at uh, 7 Bolville Street in Prospect here in South Australia. Uh, so, And it's going to be commencing at 6 p.m. on uh, Saturday evening. That's September 16. Uh, not this Saturday night, but the one immediately after. And I, I believe we're going to have a fantastic uh, mm-hmm. evening. This is something that, you know, if people miss out on this, I think they're going to miss one of the one of the best events that uh, Adelaide has certainly put on in recent times. There you go, dear listeners. You can't miss out on that. Uh, thank you, Gary. And uh, for our World Watch segment, I would like to share with our listeners a testimony from Pastor Alejandro Bullon. Uh, he's a Seventh-day Adventist pastor who worked in South America for many years, one of our greatest evangelists as well in the Hispanic world. And um, he said the following, and this is about uh, the power of prayer. He said, uh, many years ago, and this is in Spanish, but I've translated that into English yes, the, yeah, yeah, the best yeah. I could. It says, uh, many years ago, I was the youth director in Brazil. In Rio de Janeiro, a spiritual revival took place among the youth of the church, um, such as I had very seldom witnessed. The youth would spend entire nights at church singing, praying, and studying the Bible. It was Saturday evening, and while the majority of the youth of that city went to the nightclubs to dance, get drunk, do drugs, and seek worldly pleasures, the youth of the church came and filled our churches to sing, pray, study the Bible, and uh, bring their friends along. It was an impressive revival. One night, I visited one of our churches to join the youth. There were about a thousand youth there. It was about 1 a.m. when we divided into groups to pray in pairs. I knelt with a young boy to pray with him. I prayed first, and now it was his turn. Before we prayed, a lady had come up to the front and asked everyone to pray for her son. She could not contain her tears of pain. She said, My son grew up in the church. He was a Pathfinder Club director. He used to sing in the church choir. He was a youth director. My son has given me so much joy. But while you're, he- while you're here singing, praying, and studying the Bible, do you know where my son is now? He's in the streets of Copacabana, dressed up as a woman, selling his body as a prostitute. Do you know how I feel? I have prayed for my son for, for so long. I have begged God to rescue my son. There's nothing else I can do for my son. Now when I heard that you were spending entire nights praying here, I decided to come because the Bible says that God hears our prayers and I need you to pray for my son, to ask God to bring him back. That was in our minds as we were praying, tells Pastor Bouillon. Now it was the boy's turn to pray. As, uh, as, as the boy prayed, um, Pastor Bouillon says his prayer amazed him. Uh, Pastor Bouillon says the boy prayed something like this. God, you saw the pain and the tears of that mother. 
she has done everything she can, uh, everything she can think of to bring her son back. And he's still out there selling his body. Tonight, Lord, I beg you, bring that young man back. But please, Lord, I'm not asking you to bring him back next month or next year. I'm asking you to bring him back tonight, right now. I thought to myself, Pastor Bouillon said, this boy is really demanding and maybe presumptuous. He's giving God a command. And then, as if the boy would have read my thoughts, the boy continued praying, Lord, please don't think I'm being disrespectful. You know my heart. I know what you're capable of doing, and I know you can bring that young man back tonight. If you have power to save, then bring that young man back tonight. Then the boy remained silent for a few seconds, and then he said in his prayer, Lord, please don't ask me how to bring him back. I'm not God. You are. So please do whatever it takes, but bring him back tonight, even if you have to drag him to church. Now, said Pastor Bouillon, I have very seldom heard someone pray with such conviction, with such assurance and trust. That's why I say that we all learn every day, no matter who we are. I was so inspired by the faith of that boy that I gave him a hug after the prayer. Then we all sat down and continued singing and uh, reading the Bible. Now at about 5.30 a.m., when we were about to finish, we stood up to sing the last song when suddenly we all heard a loud scream. It was the lady whose son was on the streets. She was sitting at the front of the church, but her, uh, her eyes were fixed on the entrance of the church, so we all looked back to see what she was looking at. It was a young man standing at the door, dressed up as a woman, high heels. He started walking down the aisle of the church, and the lady, uh, after screaming, ran down the aisle to meet his, uh, this young man halfway through. They hugged each other and cried for a long time. It was her son. Mm. After a while, I called the young man, says Pastor Bouillon. I called him forth and asked him to please tell us what had happened. The young man consented and he said, I was standing on one of the streets of Copacabana being a prostitute. Then suddenly I felt that everything was spinning all around me and I fell down on the footpath, feeling that I was going to die, completely weak. At that moment, when I felt that death was just a few seconds away, I was in panic. I felt lost. And I looked up to heaven and said, My Lord, I cannot die like this. I'm lost. I know the gospel. I know your power. And I have despised it all these years. I cannot, I cannot die like this. Far away from you. Please, I beg you, give me one more chance. Please, don't let me die like this. I'm lost. Then I lost consciousness, said the young man. A few minutes later, I woke up and some people were trying to help me. I managed to sit down. And then after a few minutes, I took a taxi and went to my mother's house. Went up to her room, but she wasn't there. Went to my brother's room and asked him, where's mom? At church, my brother responded, praying for you. Praying for me this early, I said. Yes, said my brother. She prays for you every day and every night. She is at Botafogo Church right now at the prayer meeting. Immediately I left 
and took a taxi straight to church, to that church. I stood at the door for a while and then I heard my mom screaming because she saw me and that's why I'm here. Mm. Now, tells Pastor Wuyon, the boy that had prayed with me put his hand up and asked the young man, what time did you start feeling dizzy? The young man said, I'm not sure. It was around 1 a.m. That was the same time the boy had been begging God in prayer to bring that young man back that very night. Now, I'll tell you, listeners, there's nothing that Jesus cannot do for you. Mm-hmm. But um, after listening to this testimony, Pastor Gary, um, what do you think? Do you think that uh, the attitude the boy displayed while he was praying, was that presumptuous or is this the right way to pray? No, I think, I think that's an incredibly powerful story, uh, Ricardo. That is a story that, uh, I, I am certainly aware has been replicated so many times. In fact, you know, if I go to, you know, somewhere like, you know, Jeremiah, you know, the prophet Jeremiah, uh, chapter 33, verse, verse 3, he actually says this. He says, call to me and I will answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Do you know, one of the things I'm so conscious of, and this is for us a week of prayer, is that uh, sometimes our, our prayers themselves are incredibly superficial. Uh, you know, the, the, the reason that so often we, uh, we struggle is because of the superficiality of our own requests. And, you know, to me, as I hear that story, I say, hey, uh, God is one who moves. You know, just last, uh, this last uh, weekend at, uh, at certainly my, my church, one of our church ladies actually came to, to thank the church and just sort of said, hey, you know, you, we actually Claimed this promise, and uh, uh, her her brother had actually been involved in a a, a really uh, difficult uh, health health issue, and uh, uh, he's he he appears to have come through it in a way that even the doctors uh, could hardly believe. You know, when when she said to the doctors, people have been praying for him, it was sort of, oh, yeah, okay, we heard that one before. Uh, yes. And yet the reality is a remarkable change has taken place. But, you know, Ricardo, one of the things I think is really important to understand with this whole subject of prayer is that um, we it's very easy for us to actually, I suppose, take guilt trips uh, mm-hmm. if a prayer is not answered immediately in the way that we wish to have it answered. Do you know, I one of the passages of Scripture that when I realized what it was saying many years ago, it really helped me out a great deal. Mm. You see, the prophet Daniel, and I'm going to be talking about Daniel in just uh, just a moment, but in in one of the, in chapter 10 of uh, of Daniel, you get an angel uh, being sent to, to Daniel and uh, uh, he, he says something that to me is so profound Mm. that deals with this very issue. Mm -hmm. Then he, that's the angel, said to me, uh, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. In other words, Mm. Daniel's been praying. Mm. 
Um, and I have come because of your words. The angel has come to Daniel, according to this passage, because mm-hmm. Daniel has been praying. But then this comes becomes next. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, for I had been left there alone with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what is going to happen to your people Mm. in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Now, to me, I think this passage is actually really important because to me what it's saying is this, is that in order for Daniel's prayer to actually be answered, Mm -hmm. the angel actually had to go, if you like, via somebody else in this case the prince of the kingdom of persia mm-hmm. and uh, but the prince of the kingdom of persia actually withstood mm-hmm. the angel for 3 full weeks now you know i well imagine what's actually happening here daniel is praying day 1 and what happens well the angel's been sent to uh to to have his prayer answered but mm-hmm. the king is actually withstanding him yes. um, that's day 1 day 2 but to daniel's point of view Nothing's happened. Day two, nothing's happened. Mm. Day 13, nothing's happened. It's like eternity. You know, this is almost like, an, you know, he's sitting, he's just praying and nothing's happening. He doesn't see that something is happening behind that. God is at work God, as soon as he starts praying. As soon as, and to me, you know, the beautiful thing about this particular story is that um, I believe that God himself is um, is attempting through his Holy Spirit to actually answer Daniel's prayer but sometimes I think we actually give up too early true you know what if Daniel had stopped praying on uh, day 13 or day 20? You know, what mm. would have actually taken place? Uh, you know, uh, to me, I can't answer that question, but, you know, uh, to me, as I read this particular passage, and it's found in Daniel chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse uh, 12 down to, uh, down to verse 14. To me, that explains a great deal because, you know, I'm just so conscious that there are many, many of our listeners who will be praying, uh, for maybe, you know, their son, their daughter. Just like, mm. you know, I mean, you've, you know, you, um, your, your friend that in, in the story, uh, on that particular occasion, uh, God was able to act, uh, in a way that was a, a supernatural yes. manner. Sometimes God acts in a supernatural manner. You see it with Paul being knocked off his horse. And yet, mm. you know, so, uh, so often, uh, God actually uh, functions through the still small voice, uh, pleading, Please come back uh, to me. Come and walk in my way. But it takes the decision of that person. You know, what if that lady's son uh, had, after being uh, impacted by the Holy Spirit, had said, I like the way that I stay. I like mm. the life that I'm living. He could have done that. He could have done that. You see, even God cannot overrule human choice. That's right. He's you know, committed to uh, freedom of choice. He's committed to freedom of choice. God actually wants us free. Um, let me put it to you as I've put it to some young people. God wants us free more than he wants us saved. Now, I've actually said that to some young people, and it's actually set them thinking because God respects 
respects human freedom so much that he's prepared to say, I will give you the choice as to whether you will accept the gift that I'm offering to you. Amazing. You know, mm. do I, do I pray for those who are lost? Yeah, I most certainly do. Uh, but, uh, do we always see instantaneous answers as occurred in the, uh, in your story. I praise God when we do because, you know, we do see those answers taking, taking yes. place. But, you know, we're living in a world where it's not, there are, there are other issues often at play as well. So God always listens when we pray. Um, I just pray that uh, we, we, we will have, we will all have the faith to wait for his answer at his time as well. Dear listeners, let's, uh, hear a song. Uh, this is City of Light, Your Will Be Done.
That was Your Will Be Done by City Alight. Our giveaway for this week is the book The Incredible Power of Prayer by Roger Murnau. And um, the uh, this book uh, is a compilation of a lot of incredible answers to prayer. Every year, Roger Murnau received thousands of calls and letters requesting intercessory prayer. In this book, he shares God's amazing answers and shows how you too can take hold of the incredible power to prayer, of prayer. Um, some in, um, some uh, miracles have saved him from certain death, but most are in response to prayers, prayers for others. Patients dying in a hospital get well, shattered families are reunited, addicts find freedom, and hearts are changed. This book of Roger Murnau's Most Powerful Stories will introduce you to the powerful truths about prayer that we hold so dear. So, um, dear friends, if you would like a copy, a free copy of this book, all you need to do is text this code that I'm going to give you um, in to 04888-808-11. That's again 04888-808-11. And the code is... SA134, SA for South Australia, 134. Make sure you don't put any spaces in between. It's just one word, SA134. You can also text that number um, in case you had any questions or comments. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, BQ&A, right across Australia with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Gary, and he's the pastor of Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week, we're following the theme, Privileged to Share. And the big topic for today is Witnessing in the Court of Kings. Gary, what do you think? Is it possible for a random Christian to witness to those who are in such high positions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, this is such a brilliant little, uh, little study. When I sort of, uh, looked at it, I, uh, it, it really did actually challenge me because, you know, one of the things that I'm so conscious of is that, uh, so often, uh, when we think of something like witness, uh, witness can become, um, something that, uh, Christian Christians feel that they they must do that they should do that this is something that this becomes a task another another something to do in the list of things which they do for for God uh, but you know the beauty of the, uh, the the studies that we've actually been looking at uh, this week is that we've got a series of people that we're looking at who have witnessed for God but it's flowed out of their uh, the life that they were called to live uh, you know today we're just going to look at this uh, this man just very briefly Daniel now uh, Daniel of course is a a man who who uh, uh, is regarded as one of the Bible heroes. And yet that's not the way uh, that his uh, life actually started off. You know, to me, in many ways, Ricardo, what we've got in the story of Daniel is probably one of the most remarkable stories
stories in the entire Bible. Uh, this man is uh, is a man. Well, who is Daniel? I suppose is what we need to uh, need to ask. Firstly, uh, this is of course a man uh, who lived and ministered six centuries before the birth of Christ. Uh, now, it's a remarkable book. People don't realize often where he fits in uh, to the grand scheme of salvation history. Uh, you see, at his time, Israel had fallen deep into religious apostasy. Uh, people were moving further and further from the God of their fathers. Uh, as a result, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar came. God withdrew his protecting power. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, came. The Neo-Babylonian Empire was on the rise, came and destroyed Jerusalem and uh, started to take uh, take captives. Now, if you think of the uh, the prophet Daniel, he started life, of course, but he started it not as a prophet. Um, Daniel has actually been taken prisoner uh, in probably, we think, maybe as a mid-teen. He was at certainly only a youth when he was taken uh, taken prisoner. Um, he's going, he goes from being what is in reality a privileged position, a privileged youth who was probably part of one of the noble families in uh, Jerusalem at, uh, at that particular time, uh, and yet now he suddenly goes overnight as a prisoner and is taken uh, probably in a caravan, uh, not a caravan on wheels, but probably barefoot and probably mm. uh, taken uh, tied together with uh, with others, uh, walking uh, from from Israel across to uh, to Babylon, that's a huge mm. distance. So that is eight hundred k's. About eight hundred k, a long way for prisoners to walk, and the prisoners didn't actually receive the honour mm. that would actually come to Daniel in in later uh, in later years. You know, some actually suggest that he may have he was probably forcibly made a eunuch uh, in uh, in Babylon. If you Think of the implications of that. Uh, this is this is so horrendous. This is a uh, a man who has suffered uh, abuse in the grandest possible mm. scale. Uh, this man has been abused. Mm-hmm. Uh, this man has been taken as a slave to uh, to is uh, to to Babylon. He's been uh, abused. He's been made a eunuch. Now, how do you explain? This sort of turn of events, you know, um, you know, does Daniel deserve it? No, of course he doesn't deserve it. Um, Ricardo, look, let me just come to you. Mm. In your ministry, you know, have you ever been called to minister to, you know, to good people who are going through tough times? You know, what sort of questions do they often ask? Why? That's the first thing that they say. Why does is this happening to me? Because they they think that God should uh, be good with them all the time and give them blessings all the time. Why is He allowing this to happen to me? I guess that's the first question. They well, ask. so when they ask you that question, when they give you that question, why? Because I've certainly been impacted by that particular question mm-hmm. as well. You know that that is a big one. That's a huge one. How do you respond? Mm-hmm. I think we need to be honest, and sometimes we we can simply say, "I don't know why this is happening to you." Yeah, I just yeah. know that God is good, that God has good intentions, that God loves you. 
but we may not have the answers as to, for everything that happens to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that, you know, because I know sometimes, I mean, I, uh, you know, sometimes I, uh, I can only cry with people. You know, it, it's the sort of thing that you turn around and you say, hey, do very horrendous things happen to very good people? Yes, yes they do. Yes, yes, yes. they do. Uh, is it because of anything they have done? No, it is not because of anything they have mm-hmm. done. It's because uh, to me, as I try to explain to people, we are living in a sin-wrecked world uh, where bad things do happen to uh, uh, to good people. Uh, but look, you know, to me the beautiful thing about Daniel uh, is that um, by the end of his life, what you find is that uh, his CV mm-hmm. is actually super impressive. Now, he mm-hmm. goes from that state to at the end of his life having a, a CV that reads something like this. I was Prime Minister of Babylon. I was one of three chief ministers in Persia. I've been a counsellor of state uh, to the Babylonian and Persian kings, an interpreter of dreams, a prophet of God. And you the know, list goes on. The list just goes on. And I just sort of look at this and I say, hey, you know, he comes from nothing and he becomes something. But, you know, to me the thing that really jumps out is how uh, this guy, he's become an amazing witness but he is he he actually comes he achieves that position while maintaining his faith Wow. Do you know, this is something, it's so easy if you're a slave, if you've been taken to Israel to say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to abandon my faith. Of course. I'm going to fit in with mm. the society I've been dragged into. Mm. But Daniel says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to maintain my faith. And as a result of maintaining his faith, what you find is he is abundantly blessed. And where you see him maintaining his faith, most of of all is in his prayer life. And this is the thing that to me, and I I just want to just look at just a couple of these uh, these times where uh, Daniel maintains his prayer life. He stands up against the rulers of his his era. He's prepared to challenge them even from the position of being a slave. And to me, this is an an amazing example uh, to us today because, uh, you know, it's so easy. You know, you get into a position of trust and, hey, I've got to fit into the the culture the climate of the uh, of the present day i don't i i, I don't I, I don't want to let people know i want to stay very quiet about my personal beliefs because hey i won't be advanced and yet here we've actually got a man who was advanced even though he stood for those things which uh, uh, many today would be happy to abandon. He, should have, he could have chosen the easy way and just say, oh, God, forget it. I'm not going to be faithful to you under this situation. Exactly. That you brought me in. You could have, exactly. could have blamed him, but instead he, he decided to be faithful no, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Look, I, I just wonder, we'll come to those scriptures in a moment, but I'm wondering, is it worth us going to uh, maybe our break and mm-hmm. uh, we'll come back to, to, to look at the way Daniel took a stand um, when uh, when we come back from our, our break? Let's do it then. Uh, let's come to some music. This is Matt Maher, Your Love Defends Me. Thank you. 
Your Love Defends Me. Our giveaway for this week is the book The Incredible Power of Prayer by Roger Munno. 
Every year, Roger Munoz received thousands of calls and letters requesting intercessory prayer. In this book, he shares God's amazing answers and shows how you too can take hold of, of the incredible power of prayer. Some miracles have saved him, Roger, from certain death, but most are in response to prayers for others. Patients dying in a hospital get well as a result of prayer. Shattered families are reunited. Addicts find freedom and hearts are changed. All of this is compiled in this little book by Roger Munon, uh, The Incredible uh, Power of Prayer. So this book of Roger Munon's most powerful stories will introduce you to the powerful truth about prayer that we hold dear. So, uh, dear friends, if you would like a copy of this book, just text us um, on 04888-808-11. 04888-808-11. And the code is SA134. SA for South Australia, 134. No spaces in between. Just the code SA134 to 04888-808-11. And you can also text that number anytime with your questions or comments. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back, dear friends. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Gary, and he's the pastor of Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide. This week we're following the theme, Privilege to Share. And the big topic for today is Witnessing in the Court of Kings. Um... Isn't prayer powerful, Gary? Uh, it's it's absolutely uh, it is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, you know, people don't actually realise this, this Sabbath. In fact, if people would like to actually come to my, if you happen to be at in Adelaide and you'd like to come to the Brighton Adventist Church, we'd love to have you. I'm actually going to be preaching this uh, this Sabbath, and I'm talking about this whole subject of uh, of prayer. I'm going to be sharing uh, from a little bit of my own uh, a little bit of my own experience, but. Uh, you know, to me, uh, right now we're looking at this man, Daniel. Mm-hmm. The thing that really stands out to me about Daniel and his witness uh, is not so much the fact that he was the uh, ambassador, uh, that he was a prime minister, uh, that he was a chief minister of state, that he was a, a major counsellor to two uh, different uh, uh, different world empires. Those are all important. But, you know, to me, the most powerful witness that Daniel was uh, actually came about because he was a man of prayer. And, you know, to me, when there's uh, anything else, everything Daniel did came about because he prayed. He he did marvellous things, and people tend to remember the marvellous things that he did, but they seem to forget that the thing that empowered those marvellous things was, in fact, prayer. I mean, t- take, for example, uh, we get uh, now Daniel chapter 2 and verse uh, 16. Now, of course, Daniel chapter 2, we've studied that on this particular program before. Uh, you've heard it on Faith FM before. I won't actually go into that program, but that's the story of a great big uh, image, uh, a dream that the uh, the king Nebuchadnezzar had that he was unable to uh, to interpret um, that Daniel was able to interpret and of course so much time is actually spent in Daniel's interpretation of that dream and the sheer accuracy of the interpretation of uh, that dream but it's so 
it's so easy to very quickly overlook the key verses of this particular uh, passage. Of course, uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 16. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time to interpret the vision uh, that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went into his house, made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek the mercies from God of heaven concerning his secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men. What's Daniel saying here? He's saying, hey, look, uh, please give me time to spend in prayer Amazing. that I might come to understand mm. uh, this particular vision. You know, so it's so easy, isn't it, Ricardo, to actually talk about the amazing vision that this really is uh, and how accurate it's been mm. down through the ages. But why was it given to Daniel? Mm-hmm. It was given to Daniel because he prayed. So for a lot of people, prayer would be the last resort. It would be exactly, uh, and and so often that is mm-hmm. the case today. You know, you started today with a uh, with a story of a uh, of a pastor and of a, a young man that prayed an exceptional prayer, and there mm-hmm. was an amazing response. Here, you get exactly mm-hmm. the same thing happen in Daniel chapter two. Uh, mm-hmm. You find because of Daniel's prayer life, God is able to act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, that's example number one. But I'm conscious our time is running away. You know, if I go to uh, Daniel chapter uh, chapter six, I love uh, Daniel uh, Daniel chapter six because uh, this is uh, the story, of course, of Daniel and the lions. Then now, of course, so often this is actually regarded as a children's story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sort of story that you you tell to your children in Sunday school. You tell them in, in our case in Sabbath school, uh, and our children grow up learning the story of Daniel and the lions. It's an exciting story. Mm, yes, it is. And uh, uh, Daniel 6. Uh, but I want you to pick up uh, verse, um, um, uh, verse, uh, uh, verse 6 um, and uh, just notice uh, what actually is occurring here because, of course, what's occurred is that the king, at the instigation of the um, uh, of his other counsellors, uh, mm. creates a law that says any man who, um, who, who, who prays to any other other person other than other than the king for 30 days is going to be thrown into this uh, this den of uh, den of lions not a, not a nice fate uh, at uh, at all uh, now uh, of course how does daniel um, actually respond to this well uh, i pick it up at daniel chapter 6 and verse 6 so these governors and satraps thronged before the king and they said to him king Darius, live forever uh, the real political they, these guys understand uh, uh, politics mm. um, and the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and the satraps, the counselors, the advisors have consulted together to establish mm. a royal statute and make a firm decree mm. that whoever's petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, will be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius mm. signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed he went home and in his upper room with the windows he flung open towards Jerusalem. He knelt down and he prayed. Mm. And now, you know, to me, what's Daniel doing? He's actually challenging. He's actually, mm. you know, uh, to me, uh, so many of us certainly would have uh, maybe continued praying, but we would have made sure that the uh, windows <laughs> were nicely closed, uh, mm. that nobody could actually see us. We do it in the dead of night when everybody uh-huh. else is in bed. Um, but After what, all, he was still praying. <laughs> 
He's still praying. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, the God of heaven can hear him whether uh-huh. people see him praying or not, but mm. Daniel doesn't do that. Mm. He challenges the, uh, the, the world in which he is, in which he is living. And to me, uh, you then get the story of Daniel mm. in the lion's den. Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den and we rejoice wow. that, hey, the, the, the lions didn't like a, a diet with Daniel on it. Uh, we, we, we rejoice about that, uh, that particular yeah. story. But you know, we forget that the reason that story can be told mm. is because one man prayed. Wow. And indeed, he didn't even want to give the appearance that he wasn't praying. He, he didn't That's even why want he opened the, door, the he, windows. Look, to me, when I, when I realize what's yeah. actually going on here, I turn around and I say, hey, there's something happening behind the scene. Daniel is being mm. blessed because Daniel is being faithful to the God of heaven. Uh, you know, it's so easy for us to, uh, to simply say, look, you know, uh, we will actually, uh, keep, uh, you know, keep our faith quiet. You know, we don't yeah. want to embarrass mm. somebody, uh, you know, and yet Daniel is a man here who turned around. He's at the very top. He's saying, hey, look, you know, Yes, I am one of the you know one of the three most important people in the kingdom. Uh, but uh, this law is wrong, and I'm going to mm-hmm. demonstrate that it's actually wrong. Exactly, and uh, he's not forcing anybody else to pray. He's just defending his right to pray. Exactly, exactly. And you know, if you go to Daniel chapter nine, you find exactly the same thing uh, actually take uh, takes place because Daniel chapter nine is an entire chapter uh, dealing with a uh, a vision that he can't understand. And uh, in fact, it's found in Daniel chapter nine, very the first couple of verses there. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I Daniel understood by books that the number of the years specified through the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he what's all this saying it's saying that he's been reading Jeremiah the mm-hmm. prophet he can't understand what Jeremiah is saying mm. uh, therefore what's his response his response is that he comes to prayer mm. and as a result of prayer he's given op- the angel comes and helps him understand you know so many so many times we say look we don't understand this we're going to we're going to study harder we're going to dig deeper we're going to work harder at it mm. not daniel what daniel says is hey I'm going to give myself to prayer. Uh, you know, Ricardo, as I, as I come uh, to this particular man, I look at him and I stand in absolute awe because so often we turn around and we say, this man has turned, this man has, uh, has been abundantly blessed by God. He's been saved from the den of lions. He's been able to interpret visions. He's been able to have a, a depth of understanding that nobody else has had. And yet we forget that the reason, the reason he was able to accomplish all of those things is because he prayed. That was his source of power. That was the source of power. Constant connection with heaven. Uh, you know, Ricardo, look, I'd just like to, like to challenge, I suppose, our, our listeners. Uh, you know, uh, to me, it's very easy uh, to have a, a, a style of, uh, of Christianity mm-hmm. that is very routine. Very rote. You go to go to church. Uh, maybe mm. you you read your Bible. You, you tick know, all the boxes. You tick all the mm. boxes. Uh, but there is one uh, there is one part of Christianity that uh, to me is actually encapsulates the very power of Christianity, and that is prayer. And, and Ricardo, I'm just wondering if you know. Would you mind if I just prayed for our listeners? Of right course, now? of course. Father in heaven, Lord, I just want to come to you now. 
Lord, I, I come to you because I am conscious that there may be people who are listening to this program right now. Lord, perhaps they're driving in their car. Lord, perhaps uh, they're struggling with uh, with young people who maybe have, have gone a different way. Uh, Lord, perhaps they're struggling with a health issue, maybe some financial issue, maybe some relational issue. Lord, I just want to pray for that person right now. I pray for the desire of their heart. Uh, Lord, I pray you can hear their prayer right now. I pray that you might fill in that blank. Uh, Lord, I pray that you might act, that you might respond. Lord, that indeed you... Uh, you will become uh, the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Lord, we, we give our lives again to your care, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, this is Pastor Ricardo, and our co-host today was Pastor Gary. Thanks for joining us on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow as we explore the topic, The Unlikely Witness. Until then, remember that Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5.17 May God bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.